All right, back with Darren, and we're going to talk a little bit about part two, and we're going to start out talking about y'all, your latest endeavor, Alpha 41. Alpha 41 Outfitters, alpha41.com. Right. Check it out. All right, we'll do that. <laughs> goes live at the end of uh, October. All right. So, yeah, Alpha 41 uh, is a uh, our gear company. For years with, with uh, you know, with Sword and with Murr, we've sold gear and... Uh, you know, more on a concierge base, you know, if we're doing classes, guys are like, hey, can you get this type of stuff? Then, right. Yeah, we, we throw some good discounts and stuff in. So basically what we've done is we've unplugged that um, and and launched it as its own entity, uh, which we've had uh, for about two years now. Kind of ran it as the concierge base, but as its own business. And uh, what we're doing now is we're pushing it out um, hot and heavy at the end of next month. Just contra- uh, contracted with a fantastic web developer that's going to get the uh, web store up for us. And uh, within that, we're kind of going in a little bit of a different direction. We're pushing out uh, an apparel line, which will be, um, you know, morale shirts, uh, the funny uh, military and yeah, some of those first are, responder morale shirts yeah. and, uh, you know, military branch First shirts. responder being, you're well, not doing firemen, are you? Should, you know what, in the art of being... Uh, nice I, I i think you know we should include them and i won't have a problem as long as it says second responder yeah. hey did you did you notice last year that there were a lot of kids running around dressed as firefighters last year i saw like a ton of them at halloween and, yeah halloween i came out and you know my, my uh my uh beloved puppy my favorite kid odie my german shepherd just loves to go nuts it's hilarious watching him run down the hallway when they come this one kid took right. off he said keep it and he took right. off running I guess you know, hundred pound shepherd with titanium. Yeah, right, that that'll yeah. do it. But anyway, I walk out, I see these uh, these 12, 12, 13 kids standing in the front yard. And they're all dressed as firefighters. I was like, kids, I said, what are you guys doing? I said, come on in and get your candy. We can't, sir. And I'm like, well, why not? We gotta wait on another kid dressed as a cop to come clear ah. the scene first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty good. I oh, didn't know yeah. that where it was going, but it's actually some truth to it. It's actually so, some truth. So we're gonna have a lot of a uh, lot of neat shirts, hats, uh, skull caps, drinkware, um, and uh, next month's gonna be a big month for us for doing a, a photo shoot. Um, we've got several uh, uh, social media influencers lined up that are gonna be brand ambassadors for us. So uh, it's pretty uh, pretty exciting times, and like we were talking about uh, earlier, uh, to the the family uh, connection to you know businesses and stuff. Um, Alpha Forty One. Uh, my mom's middle name is is Ann, so I took the A and phoneticized it. Right. She'll kill me for this part, but she was born in Forty One. Right. So um, and uh, originally I was looking at Alpha Forty One Tactical, but uh, you know that would pigeonhole us into one area. Oh yeah. There's a supply yeah. of gear. And, you know, one thing that I... That could go anywhere. Outfitters could go anywhere. Absolutely. And, uh, and you know, of course, my, my business partner on everything is, is my, my wife. She's, you know, my partner for hopefully the rest of my life. And uh, as short as it may be if I piss her off too much. Right. But, uh, you know, she's actually the CEO of uh, Mer Strategic. Uh, she's been in the Army for 18 years. And, uh, you know, both the kids are Army. 
you know, I, I, I really feel bad because nobody in my family had the scores to go Navy. So. Right. Well, I mean, that um, she will you will know pretty quick whether I, your paperwork's right. Yeah, so you need to beep that part out. Anything I said about her, beep that right. out because right. if she hears it, you That's don't. Tracy, his, uh, his old lady, so she may hear that or not. And you just called her old lady, so I'm going to tell her right. that. If, uh, well, I mean, if it, she's married. She has yeah. to understand by now she's an old lady. She's your old lady. That's right. That's I didn't right. say she's an old lady. I said she's your old lady. That's right. There is vast difference in that. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about you. You sent me some of the shirts the other day. And part of what goes, we talked about earlier, and some of the best thing about what what in differentiates prior military and law enforcement with other people is the absolute ability to make fun of ourselves. Oh, yes. And, it's, and especially within branches that yeah. is absolutely brutal especially the more of them you get together yeah you know that that is when it gets better and so in there's a lot of companies out there that have some pretty funny shirts mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that have been doing it for a while yeah but some of yours were pretty unique yeah and some of them were pretty good yeah so and i talked to Corey. are you going to like on your navy shirts uh-huh. are they all going to have like a lot of the pictures on the the small of the back and some writing on the back. So that way Navy guys, just like on the ship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that way somebody can look at it when they're behind you and things like yeah. that. Are you going to have that tramp stamp? Well, it's just like, because, you know, it started getting so confusing, um, you know, with, with identifying people. That's why we had the Marine Corps um, start putting the name on the back pocket. Right. So right. for easy identification. Right, right, and, right. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, and, you know, the only reason Marines are on ships is just so uh, we can have dance partners. Right. And I, I think that to me, I think it's very impressive that you took Rudy and created a shirt just for Rudy with the meal team six. Cause oh, I yeah. think that's going to be pretty legit for him. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's, he'll be very well represented <laughs> in that. So, yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're, uh, we're, I think we're knocking on the door of 40 different designs. And again, uh, my VP of marketing, Robert Salters, who's also a graphic designer, is just, I feed him the ideas, uh, some of the stuff he comes up with, right. uh, and then I'll feed him some ideas, and then he'll take it and run with it. And, and then when I when you, when you it's actually up, you'll let me know. I'll put the link out, and absolutely. we'll put it out there where people can get to some of the gear. Yeah, absolutely. And what we'll do is uh, we'll set you up with a uh, discount code, so anybody that buys through your station, All right. uh, through your, uh, your channel, uh, will be able to receive uh, discounts. Okay. All right, so so we obviously talk about some of the banner with military and this and this, but there's also there's a tremendous good side to it, but there's also a bad side to it, and especially with lately that's been a lot more. Um, and you you had something that we shared a little bit about somebody that Logan knew yeah. that has gone through something. Yeah, it uh, you know we all hear about we, we, you and I, especially when you get to our age. You know, you, you experience a lot of loss typically the older you get, you know, whether it's a family member yeah. passing or, you know, just in our line of work, you know, you, yeah. you get a well-being check, go check on somebody's grandfather and you find them there. And, yeah. You know, so we see, a, unfortunately, a lot of uh, a lot of death in our, our career field, but, um, and we get desensitized to it. But when my son uh, and I were driving, it was right after I had surgery on my hand two weeks ago and uh, we're driving back and. He got a call that one of his uh, platoon mates that he was uh, deployed in Syria with had just killed himself, who's also a cop. They're uh, in the guard together. And uh, so seeing how it impacted him, and, you know, this just wasn't a guy he served with, 
this is a guy he deployed with. This is a guy that they, they hung out. Right. This is a guy that, you know, a bunch of cops. He depended on. Yeah, they sit in, you know, their their little Xbox rooms and play, right. you know, in their Call of Duty matches and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it impacted him pretty hard, and there were no signs. He saw no signs of this, you know. Because they were still was, obviously tight, even though yeah. the guy's a cop yeah. now. And uh, and even, you know, Logan's roommate's a, uh, a cop as well. And uh, he... Uh, you know, he saw no signs of it either. And his roommate's also a veteran. So, um, you know, you just, you never know what demons, you know, people are fighting, uh, whether they're, you know, law enforcement never been in the military or whether they're a veteran coming back uh, or, you know, that are in both career fields, you know, regardless what they're doing. But, you know, um, it's unfortunate because, you know, I think there's still that stigma that people don't want, you know, the PTSD or getting labeled, you know, pick, pick your, pick your poison on that. But, you know, people need to talk, um, you know, reach out to me. Uh, you know, I, I don't matter. Uh, I'm easy to get a hold of. There's been know, more awareness that I'll say the last several years than there ever was. There and is. I think that the 22 a day, a lot yep. of the foundations and I, you know, you still wonder is, you know, and I, there's been a lot of, the VA's obviously been a lot better than it used to be. and that's, VA has definitely improved. Right. And I, so you don't, I, I don't guess there's any way to, to know whether those 20 days, 22 a day is still the same if it's gone up, if it's gone down. Yeah. And then you also, that it's in law enforcement has probably seen it more in the last, I'll say that in the last couple of years than I ever saw it, my 28. Yeah. And it's just, I, and I, I don't know, I think it's, you know, we talk about with our, with our young, young folks these days is, is, you know, and now policing now has got to be, you know, people like to talk about generations and this and this, which great generation in law enforcement and talk about this new generation, but in, in some of the older guys don't really care for this crowd because of the technology and this and, and how they question a lot of things, but it's also how they were raised, and it is just a difference in it. And I, I still, I'm one of the people that sees it a little different. I think that, you know, anybody that comes into this field now, and knowingly comes into this field that has opportunities at other things, it, it, I don't, I can't see anything more admirable than coming in law enforcement and staying in it right now, as hard as it is. You've definitely got to be dedicated to it to come in right now because the the whole dynamic of of our profession has changed. And, yeah, the whole uh, landscape changed. It, it has, but you know what? It, it's there's still it, it's the law enforcement profession's been demonized, and there's a lot of good cops out there. You know, in, in my going on 28 years, I've never gone to work. I've never met. I've met a lot of cops through whether it's through training or whether it's you know guys and girls that I work with, and I have never met a cop that just says, "Hey." I think I'll go out and kill somebody today, right. especially somebody of a specific race, or I'm going to go out and just beat the crap out of somebody and violate their rights. I've right. never met that cop, thank God, and none of none of my, uh, uh, you know, friends or even acquaintances, they're not, they're not like that, right? You know, and I and I hate. I guess that's what stings. You know, my my skin in the game's minimal now because I'm retired, right? And you know, I do it now. I stay in the game because I want to, because I enjoy it still, right? Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I still think it's it's one of the best professions that you can get into. Yeah, I mean, I and, there, there's no question. Yeah, and and I've literally seen you know some amazing things that that 
you know, some of these law enforcement professionals out here have done, uh, you know, during the course of their, their duties. You so know? you and I started right around the Rodney King time, and that was yeah. the first thing. That was the first time because even, even in Rock Hill, they were, you would hear it. Are oh, you yeah. going to Rodney King me? You going to Rodney King me? Yeah. So it was a, that was a turning point. And, but it also, a lot of great things came out of it. A lot of less lethal came out of it. A lot of different right. things came out of it. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the things that we still use today were as a result of that. And right. I, so, and like you said, I, was there a time where those things were probably specifically went on? Yeah. I don't think anybody would argue not. Yeah. But since you and I came in, there's, there, the survivability rate of somebody that felt that way wouldn't make it in law enforcement right. because of the accountability. Exactly. You know, you you and I, it this could be somebody that's a friend of mine, but if he is damaging and tarnishing the reputation, uh, you, you wouldn't you couldn't you wouldn't let it go. It, right. You know, and it's not and people and I think there's another thing that's a a misconception that people outside of law enforcement focus on is the thin blue line. Yeah. The thin blue line is real in the fact that we're always there for each other. Exactly. But we're never going to cover for somebody that is doing thing that violates what we talk about. Right. And, you know, was there a time and in certain cities where that probably went beyond that? Yeah. Anybody sure. that says no, is they're right. also lying too. Right. But that also started to shift about 30 years ago when you, you wouldn't, you couldn't tolerate it and you wouldn't. And so, like you said, I've known guys that may not be as tolerant as me or grew up where I did or didn't see people like I do as very accepting to everybody, but you still, they still couldn't do that in an overt way at work because there's no way you could do it. And, you know, like you said earlier, the, the, if you tried to measure the great things that were done in law enforcement, you could, there would be no comparison to the few bad things. But, but it's only focus is is typically on the bad things. Right. Well, you know, it's just like they say that we can go, you know, have all the, the schools and, you know, your I love me wall with all your frames filled with certificates from cool schools that uh, where we've gone and we've gotten it right, you know, every time. Well, guess what? We got to get it right every time. Bad guys right. got to get it right one time. Right. And that's it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, mistakes are made. People go out, they make mistakes, they do things that are unethical, you know, but it, it, those cops need to be held accountable. Not everyone, not right. every cop out here. You know, put yeah, them I, on, on the radar and deal with them on the merits of the case. And the, the, these cases should not be tried in the court of social media. They should be tried on the facts of the case after a thorough investigation. Yeah. Right or wrong, whichever way it goes, it needs to be based off of rule of law. Right. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a, but, you know, and that's a, and I think that, Part of what what we talk about is, and this has also been, it's been a brutal year for just first responders in general because of Corona, everything like that, and then the atmosphere changing after some of the unrest and things like that. It hadn't been an easy year for anybody. Right. And there's people that have obviously lost a lot more than us just talking about it. But it, you know, and I think the big thing is, is even though there might not have been, you say there were no signs and this and this and some of that is sometimes the case but we also need to be and i think one of the things that's harder for guys like you and me type a guys that you also there's no world that i could picture where i could do that to myself you know i don't know any scenario where that could happen you know short of it being something where your entire family was wiped out by something and then you know even then you're like you still can't see it but 
I don't judge people because I, I don't know what they're going through. Right. But I think that nowadays, whether you're talking law enforcement, military, you know, you, you have to be so consciously hypersensitive right. of people. You know, if you talk to a guy every day or every week, and then all of a sudden it's a couple of weeks without it, I think that conscious effort to say, go see him. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Look at him. See what's going on. Yeah. You know, because it, you, you and I don't see each other every day. We don't right. talk every day. But there's also that pattern to where when I talk to you or if it's it's about that time where we would talk. Right. If it's not, then I'm going to be like, hey, yeah. Darren, what's up? And yeah. then if you're like, uh, man, I just got to go. Yeah. Because I know a busy Darren versus a Darren that's yeah. in a bad place. You can also tell by you could also tell by kind of somebody's social media. Sure. It's here, 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 here. Then it stops, and then there's some dark posts and some things like that. So, yeah. you know, if we're honest, there might not be where he was writing notes and things like that. Yeah. But if you're really in tune to it, and I think that's what I think that we need to do now more than ever as fellow law enforcement, fellow veterans, is to make sure that. You've you've mentioned it a lot of times. You talked about it in training and everything else. It was a, especially when you were doing tactical training, was buddy check. Do your buddy yeah. check. Do your buddy check. And I don't think there's ever been a more significant time to do that than now. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do those buddy checks, man. It's you know it doesn't matter whether it's an email, a text, a phone call, something. Ideally, a phone call. Old school it and call them and talk to them. And uh, even if it's for 30 seconds, just to, you know, say hello to somebody, let them know you're there for them or whatever. And, you know, there, there's, um, and, and I hope I don't, I'm going to keep this very generic uh, just because of what it is, but, but a, a friend of yours who I've gotten to, to, to know that um, when I found out that um, that friend went through a really tough time uh, with a family-related thing and I heard what you did and how you were there for your friend. Right. And, you know, and, and, and I mean, like, there, going across the country and, and, and there for that friend. And I wasn't surprised at all because that's you. That's that's just who you are. Right. And, you know, it's just like with us. There, there was times, I mean, because, you know, we're, what, 22 years now. Right. We've known each other. Yeah. And there's times where we've gone, you know, a year or more. Right. And then, but it's always we pick right up. Yeah. And, and, and immediately it's ball busting. Right. It's the first thing out of the gate. And, you know, so we know everything's good, you know. Right, but I would know immediately, like if I call, if if it was a, whether it was a meet, because there's been times I've reached out for you for something specific. Yeah. But then there's also times where I'm like, I'll see a post and I'm like, God, I hadn't talked to Darren. Right. And and especially with, it's a little different with you because of traveling and everything sure. else. And I'll normally hit you a messenger or email because of not trying to call you because when you're out of country, out of yeah. your phone's got to be on. So. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking it's seven at night and you're like, cause it's happened when you were like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I was trying to get a little sleep. I've been up for 19 hours. It's four <laughs> in the morning here. And I was like, all right, point taken. So then it was like, okay. So I would always messenger you in country. Yeah. yeah and then I'll text you. Yeah. And so, and a lot of times it's, it's not always work Yeah. because, and then some of that is, is because I do believe in that very strongly in making sure and that you do that. And I will tell you probably the a person that I saw doing it is Fergo Gastonia. Mm-hmm. Fergo that went to the North Carolina Highway Patrol, David Ferguson. Right. You know him. And but I've never met anybody that is so conscientious about reaching out to people. 
This guy probably has 1,100 contacts or more in his phone, and you will not go a month without Fergo saying, hey, thinking about you, how you doing? Yeah. And when I went to his retirement party, when he retired from North Carolina Highway Patrol, he did a lot of years at Gastonia, then retired with North Carolina. That was one of the big jokes. The colonel was talking about it, and he was talking about how everybody in the Highway Patrol, you know you're going to get a text from Fergo. And it was, and so you, and in my little world, I'm thinking, man, Fergo's legit. But then you think, dude, this dude, how many people is he just doing this to? But it, it, it resonates with you and you think that that's important. Yeah. And it's especially important for, and things have changed for me a little bit because, you know, fortunate for, for me that I absolutely love what I do. But it also doesn't define who I am. Right. Now, one of the things that when I first started and, you know, Craig Alexander was my FTO and we would go to funerals of officers that had passed that had worked years before, completely forgotten about about the agency. And and you looked at it and, I, and I've been fortunate enough that, that my family's always been the most important thing to me. And the, the work's never been number one. I've been fortunate enough to be fairly successful and enjoy it. But you do worry as you get to the end, that what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, cause it's, and I, and I'm not looking at it like I'm going to miss the action. I'm not going to miss chases. I'm not going to miss that. You know, it's what it is, is you're going to miss being the guy that people call. Yeah. You know, so you, I start to, you become cognizant of that. And I think that's drove me to make sure I'm checking on my peers in that same time frame right. because I see it. And when that friend of mine, there's a difference in saying, Hey, if you get a chance, give me a call. I said, all right. But then there's a difference where somebody is in bad shape. Yeah. That I, I don't care who it is. And I think that's what we all need to do. And especially the people that hear that hear this that are law enforcement military. Right. It has to be an over conscientious effort to look out for people. Yeah. And to be there. And not just assume and because they're not gonna send you a text that says Hey, if something don't happen in the next little bit, this is it for me. Now, some might, yeah. but it's it's little small things. And like I said, if it, if I hadn't talked to you in, in six months to a year and I called you, and if the first, second, or third sentence out of your mouth wasn't something degrading about the Marine Corps, right. I'm going to probably be on my way to Columbia because yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, Tracy, is Darren all right? You know, because I, I would know something's not right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like you said, that's the key. You pick up where you left off. You see that things are normal, and it's the it's the little things that we have to be cognizant of if we're going to stop something from happening. Yeah. But you also know there's certain people you're not going to stop it. They don't want anybody. To right. Know. Right. They're you know, if someone's intent on harming themselves or somebody else, you know, ideally you can see the signs and and try to intervene. But uh, but you know, catching those signs is huge. I, I really try. Uh, have especially lately to reach out to more people because I get so inundated with work, with work, travel, family. You know, it's it's just, you know, sometimes once you know the work day's over, putting 12, 14 hours in, it's just I switch off and, and I sleep. Right. And then just you know with with my you know had a couple of surgeries here, um, so I've had to slow down just a little bit, which uh, you know I might. It's just moments slower to, than the ruck. Yeah, well, you know. That was pretty slow. That was pretty slow. <laughs> that was pretty slow. You know, I stayed up front. Carl, Carl, uh, Richie, and I we stayed up front. Uh, the, the old guys until we, uh, 
we hit that uphill and then we started slowly falling back. But you know what? We finished it. Yep. And uh, everybody finished it. I don't yeah, think, I, you know, did anybody even get in? No, nobody got on the, not that I saw. I think maybe a couple of the kids may have climbed on the trailer and rode a little bit, but, um, um, there was one person that fell out from at the very end at the state house for, and that was after all the closing speeches. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, um, dehydration and, uh, just, you know, hadn't hydrated or, or eaten right. and kind of dehydrated out. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, you know, cause I had that full hip replacement in April of, uh, last year and the hip did great especially under load with a rock and tack best and stuff right. on. so the, everything else around it so the burned. the termites had actually made it through your wooden one yep yep i got so. the uh the wooden i got a just like lieutenant dan right right the, the titanium right right, right. that's good <laughs> and uh yeah the uh, hardware held up pretty good so uh actually uh have been running a little bit if you can believe that uh can't go too uh too crazy with it though, because I got a partially torn perineal right. tenant from yeah. a canopy malfunction, uh, uh, jumping up in uh, now the that Atlanta area. Also, that was, uh, and a lot of people don't understand what a tremendous passion skydiving was for you. Oh man, that was, you know, yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's that's one of those total freedom things for me. I, I just. Stepping when, as soon as that door opens and being able to climb outside and hold on to a plane and and you know staged on the outside right. of a plane at fourteen to fifteen thousand feet waiting right. you know other people to get into position if we're doing a two yeah. way or four way or something it yeah. is is fantastic. Uh, matter of fact, right before I retired out of it, um, uh, right before my hip surgery, and I just I made the decision I'm not going to chance blowing out the hardware right because you know with the prosthetic in in my femur my femur wall is thinner and right. You know, I average eight to ten jumps a day on a good weekend. Maybe maybe a few less sometimes. Just depends on how many people are there, how much you know we're BSing with right. each other and stuff. But you know, let's say if I do eight jumps, one of those is probably going to be a pretty hard landing. Whether it's you know I catch a crosswind or you right. know flare high, flare late, right? You know, so uh, but you know it uh, it can be pretty significant. Um, so I just made the decision not to to do it anymore and. Uh, so uh, that was in April and July of same year. I started, you know, working on my pilot's license. Right. I figured what could go wrong. Right. And so got to be in the air. Terrified, terrified. And I had a, a, a Air Force Colonel. He he flew. Uh, uh, was it the F one eleven? Is that the fighter bomber? Whatever the fighter bomber is, is what he flew. I think it was F one eleven. You know, I don't speak Air Force, but anyway, he's like. He's like, relax. I'm over there white knuckling. I'm in this, right. the Cessna F-172. Right. I put the F on right. it. It sounds cooler. Right, that's right. But, uh, and I'm white knuckling. I'm just terrified because I've got, you know, the plane to worry about. i got, you know, whatever schmuck on the ground I crash right. into. i got his right. life. And, and you're uh, thinking it's a car where it's instantaneous. Yeah, I let go when I'm in a tree. It's funny you say that because we, we were taxiing out. We, we, we left the parking area and we got on the taxiway going down to runway uh, 22 out of Fairfield. And uh, he goes, all right, sure, it's Texas down. And I'm steering, and, and, and since, since you guys can't see me, I'm, I'm holding the yoke, steering it like a car. And, uh, you know, so I'm wired for steering a car right. and straight to the grass, I yeah. know. And, and he's laughing, and he said, right. everybody, everybody does it, but he, we didn't hit the grass. And so, uh, yeah, I'm at 40, 44 hours and some change now. Um, I've had some, I did my long cross country. 
uh, went out of uh, Columbia Metro to Florence to Fairfield back to Metro. So I checked that box um, and uh, was going to fly the following weekend to get all my hours finished up so I could do my check ride. And uh, they pulled the plane that I fly for annual. Then the following weekend I was going to fly it and then another student uh, uh, drug the tail down the runway. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's back up now. So I'm going to try to get on the schedule so I can get that finished up. But yeah, man, I, I miss... Uh, Miss jumping. I need to get rid of my gear. Hand, hand, anybody want to buy some skydiving gear? Hit me up. Uh, but I need to get rid of it because every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Pretty tempting. Pretty tempting. Come on. Let me get one more this get weekend. One more, and then one more right. after that, and you know. But yeah, that and and riding motocross. I still have my uh, my YZ450 F. Uh, right. That's got an F on that's it. That's right. So. And uh, I'm gonna get rid of that. I've been riding since I was a kid. Doc said that was actually probably one of the big contributors. It's not the jumping and putting that foot down, going slow. into. But you know, one of the other things talking about the the ergonomics of how we wear equipment. You know, uh, and and we've worn, you know, in our careers we've worn equipment a lot of different ways. Right. You know, and uh, but the unbalanced weight on the hips is uh, it wears the hips bad. I, and, I've actually said before, and I'm not. Now, first of all, you're not gonna find a bigger opponent. To people milking the disability in that yeah. we've had guys that fell out of a chair that retired and I, that yeah. part irritates me but i think if you do 25 years in law enforcement and especially if you do any substantial time on the tactical side right there should almost be a portion of disability yeah that your body has lost no, just like just like on the military side you know right. your your body gets beat up Right. You know, everybody that I know that, for the most part, not everybody, but, you know, a, a vast majority of SWAT guys or, or just cops in general or, you know, guys from the, the special operations community, because, you know, we've got a lot of them that work with us at, right. at MUR, uh, from the, the uh, whether it's SEAL teams or special forces or, or whatever. Um, but the, the common de- denominator there is L5, S1, or you yep. know, somewhere in that general region yep. of the lower back uh, issues, or knees, knees or, or hips, incredible ankles, knees, and and you know, now my ankles are, are from skydiving and, right. and just running over years and, and stuff, you know, but but my ankles actually aren't that bad. I, I had a canopy malfunction back uh, about February of nineteen, um, and I had an incel uh, tear. I was pulling down my right toggle and I wasn't getting anything. I look up, and <laughs> it's always awesome to see your parachute. Uh, Tearing, so I look at my uh, altimeter, and uh, I was uh, at about 1,100 feet. And uh, you know, I, I'm a big boy. I jump at 280, right? And uh, so I wouldn't, I wasn't able to cut. If I had, would have had altitude, I would have got rid of that. I'd have chopped to my reserve, but uh, I, w- I didn't have the altitude to uh, to chop uh, and my reserve fill. So it'll like a big yard dart uh, burning in up there. Uh, that would have sucked. Yeah, so I came in uh, pretty hot. Uh, kept it square, stable, steerable, and. Uh, you know, I was able to get it in, and uh, so I, uh, I flared down and got what I got, and uh, you know, came uh, came screaming in, and uh, I was sliding, and I was like, okay, cool, 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 and then I got traction and just started rolling. rolling. I'm all wrapped up in my risers and stuff, and it was uh, it was fun. So I did a couple more jumps that day, and then called it quits. Put another canopy, got a new main, and, right? Uh, and uh, next day, man, it felt like some. Somebody just beat the crap out of me. I was, uh, I was feeling it. And I, like I said, I think that there is a, a hundred percent, you know, breakdown of your body that is, and especially like from my standpoint, I've always worn a uniform, so it's yeah. always been a vest, always a gun belt, always uniform, in and out of a right. car, in and out of a car. But 
I've also been pretty fortunate that I haven't had any major injuries. It's just sore. Yeah. Because when I hear people say my back hurts and I'm like, they're like, it's been hurting for a week. I was like, it's really not bad. Mine's hurt since 1992. Right, right. So it's, it's really. But it's a mindset. You know, it's a mindset. You know, it, it's a lot of people make too many damn excuses in life. You got to get up, get off your right. butt and get to work. Get yeah. to chase. Things aren't going to come to you. You've got to chase it down. I'm right. a firm believer in that. I yeah. try to, you know, it was like, well, if somebody didn't answer a door, you just could knock on the next one. Bullshit. You step right. left or you step right, right and breach the wall. Right. You know, if that door didn't open. And, you know, by week three, uh, you know, right at, I was on a walker for right at three weeks. So just before, probably about three or four days before I got off the walker, I went to the gym, you know, and I went in and did some real light upper body stuff. Right. You know, and. Because uh, you knew your body needed that. Yeah, you, you had to have it. You know, and I was on a cane for about a week and a half or so after that, but I was in the gym every day and just doing really light uh, stuff just to work on the mobility and doing my rehab because they uh, they sent me to a a PT that uh, was um, it was a they were good, but everybody in there was probably 70 plus right the 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 sports clinic i wanted to go to was slam they couldn't get me an appointment in my time frame because i had six weeks to get rehab because i was going out on tour and uh so i got out on tour and it was a couple of times in my hotel room i couldn't hardly get my sock on and uh so it was uh it was challenging for you know, but I was uh, doing my rehab. Because there was no replacing. That ain't a sick day when you're out there. No, you just got to suck it up and, and roll with it. Right. And uh, it um, um, just did my rehab while I was on the road. Um, I hired a couple of guys yeah. that uh, were, were traveling physical therapists yeah. um, that came and met with me. Uh, one in Chicago especially, man. He, uh, he, he went to work on it because I had... Um, almost like coagulated blood in there and he went to work on it man it and it hurt so damn bad and uh about two days later it was a night and day difference and i wish the hell i could have gone back to chicago and wow worked with him a few more times yeah. but that really broke everything up and, and got it going but but you know, it's great now you know it's but you know if i got an injury you know it's just like i just had hand surgery so i'm working around you know that until i can you know get back yeah so how far are you from actually where you'll be flying by yourself? Well, I mean, I already fly by myself. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, that was my long cross. I got you. So that was solo flight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've got, uh, I think I need like, I think I'm short three or four hours uh, of solo flight time. I got you. And uh, uh, once I get that knocked out, then I do my uh, my check. I'll, do, I'll, I'll go back to my instructor and I'll do check ride prep. And then, uh, then I'll go with an FAA examiner and do my check ride, and then I'll have my license. Mm. Chip Gary, that used to, you remember Chip that worked with us? Yeah, yeah. He flew, mm-hmm. flew a lot. And I went up with him a couple times, and you know, it's weird. He's like, all right, go ahead and fly it. And I'm like, hold on a second now. Yeah. And I'm thinking, it's a car, and we're on a road in the cliff. Right. And, you know, as soon as I grab it, of course, I'm messing up. Right. And I'm like, and I'm almost screaming, grab it, grab it, grab it, grab it. And he's like, just calm down. And I was like, no, I'm not calming down. Yeah. Get it. And it's, it is, it's just, I love the flying. I don't, yeah. I don't have any desire to be a pilot, but I do like to fly. Yeah. But it's. You I know, tell you, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of knowledge yeah. that you got to pick up. It's a big learning curve. It's also a pretty um, expensive hobby. It, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm going to tell you, the, the, the. When I was out on tour with uh, with Josh Groban, who's also working on getting his pilot's license, he loves aviation. 
we I won't say where because I don't want to get the, the company in trouble, but we were out on tour and had the opportunity to spend uh, uh, most of the all night in a $25 million flight simulator uh, for wow. an airline. And because um, we had contact yeah. with them and got us in there and flying it. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. That was about three, four years ago. That's pretty awesome. But, um, but anyway, while we were on tour, I was able to fly, called out, and just said, I'm a, I'm a student pilot. And right. you know, could I get hooked in with a, a, a flight instructor? Um, and so I was able to fly in Bend, Oregon, which I flew a helicopter in Bend, Oregon, which is about twice the price of, of fixed right. wing. And uh, actually, it's more. Uh, it was $300 for a half hour. For in a Robert Roberts uh, Robinson or Roberts whatever it is R forty four, but man that bug bit me because I've jumped helicopters yeah and I love helicopters yeah. but flying it man it was awesome and then I flew in um, in Boise Idaho and then Santa Barbara California which was beautiful taking out a, a, over the ocean going yeah. out around the Go Plats and back yeah. over the mountains and stuff it was it was a uh, really a lot of fun so. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get my license finished up here in the next couple of months. Um, I just got to get my hand back to 100% yeah. and, and uh, check a couple boxes on the business front because we're just so wide open right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to get going. And it, it is. It is. But it, you know what? It, it's it, it's a lot of work, but, man, it's fun, and I think it's going to be rewarding. You talk about the, the, you know, the 22. We're going to do a 22 shirt, and uh, we're uh, we're working right now to identify which uh, foundation we want to donate money to. But part of the proceeds from our 22 shirts uh, is going to go to a, a charitable foundation. Yeah, Veteran. I can't. I really can't wait for that outfitting to hit because when you were showing me some of the pictures, man, some of those are everybody's doing shirts, but some of those were very unique. Yeah. And very very well done shirts. Yeah, and so that's that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, again, man, I got to give uh, I got to give lots of uh, lots of credit to Robert because he uh, he does a fantastic job. This guy, he just you know, like I say, I'll give him an idea on something, he'll just take that and run with it and build right. something out of it, or he'll just tell me my idea is totally screwed, and he'll come up with something and say this is better, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I like that better. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know it was funny we were talking about and. We've talked about military veterans, stuff like that. And, you know, to me, and it, it's in just a second about the president, because I just want to correlate a little bit to the military. I, I'm not when I talk about these days, I don't talk about Republicans and Democrats because it's just pointless because there's good on both sides. There's bad on both sides. Right. But what's been amazing is, is, is to see how he has almost single handedly removed us from conflict and combat and and it's you know and there's really not from a military standpoint we're obviously glad because there's still guys going to be in the military right and you're still going to build the strength up but we're just not fighting other unnecessary wars right and you you find out that and you, you want you find out that's just another box why they can't stand him because of how many people benefit from war that aren't the soldiers you know and it's just how how rich people get off of wars. That's big business. Right. It always has been. And from the petrol standpoint, how many wars have we fought over oil? Yeah. You know, and, and so, and I, I think you think back and, and it, it really hits home when you talk about this 22 a day and you talk yeah. about that and how significant are some of those unnecessary wars that these yeah. politicians never participated in. Their kids never participated right. in. So it, that's just something that kind of. Uh, it's, it's a very, it, it's, it's a very real issue that's there because veterans are taking their own lives cops are taking their own lives you know what can we do better 
you know, to catch those signs, you know, with, with a wife still in the military, uh, you know, both kids army, right. Um, you know, I have a best vested interest, you know, yeah, I'm a veteran. I'm not, you know, I never deployed. Well, I take that back. I deployed to every major bar in coastal Japan. Right. right. Matter of fact, I barely remember being right. in the Navy. <laughs> right. But, uh, but you know, my best vested interest is, uh, is, you know, my family are all serving. So, um, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, that uh, they're taken care of, that every veteran's taken care of. Uh, but, but you know, and, 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 you know, obviously with both of us being veterans, we, we touch on the the, uh, the veteran side quite a bit. But we're all, you know, as cops, we can't lose sight of, of uh, the issues that are, are plaguing law enforcement, uh, firefighters, paramedics, especially with all the stuff that they're dealing with today out on the streets. Because, yeah. You know, uh, you know how many of these 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 cops uh, or or medics that are out there with people screaming in their face and throwing things at them, and it's just just berating them over and over and over, are having nightmares from this stuff and the what ifs and running those. You know, what's that doing to them? And then you got to look at what kind of training have they have, what kind of mindset do they have? You know, right. like with you and prior I, to prior yeah. to now you, there's also a different like. We've actually talked about it recently that, you know, I look back and whether it be SWAT and then the years I spent on the traffic accident reconstruction team and the stuff that you see on that is beyond. And then the, the dispatch and most of my time on patrol, you're the first one to these yeah. calls. And there's times I look back and, and we're talking about some of the younger officers, they'll go to counseling and this and this. And I think back and I'm like, you know, I'm very fortunate that I was able to compartmentalize all that but yet still not hold on to it. Right. And I and I think that some of that is, some of that could be generational, some of that could be mindset, and some of it you just look at it like it is what it is. Right. But I think back sometimes and I'm like, how has some of this not bothered me? When you see some of it bothering the people like they are now, you think, darn, there's something wrong with you that it doesn't bother you. Right. But I think some of it is, you know, they you just had a different mindset a long time ago and yeah. it was just, I think it was just different. I don't know. Well, you know, the, the it's all about mindset, you know, whether, right. you know, coin it the warrior mindset, survival mindset, you know, pick one. It doesn't matter. You know, everybody likes to, to cry right. these, these yeah. fancy phrases, but you, you've got to have that, uh, that uh, positive mental attitude towards everything. And that's where your training comes in. You've heard me say it a million times, you know, it's okay to be afraid, you know, hell I've gone on you know, in the middle of the County at three o'clock in the morning on a burglar alarm at a house and been terrified because you don't know what's going to come out. Right. It's not like I'm, I'm curled up in the fetal position right. in the, in the back right. seat. I go to right. the trunk and do that because it's right. safer. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm switched on, you know, you, you pay attention to those little hairs when they stand up on right. the back of your neck, but you've heard me say it train the uncontrolled improper response to fear is what gets you killed. And so you work within those parameters and that's why you train. And as you know, I'm not a big, I'm not big into all the fancy, uh, you know, entries and all that i'm a firm believer in the basic skill sets oh yeah of it's not a rocket science the more you know, complicated you make it because the problem is it all falls apart it's, when it's not in a controlled room where you're saying right as we go you're telling your bad guy that you've told what to do yeah it's very easy to say you're doing this and doing this and yeah. it's choreographed right but there's there's never the couch that's in the wrong place. There's yeah. never a chair that's in the wrong place or a ton of moving boxes 
Yeah. That when you're looking at the diagram yeah. of the house and the woman said, he's got a couch right here, this is wide open. Yeah. But now he's moved the recliner there or he's moved the couch on the other side and now it's different. Or you got three feet of newspapers and dirty diapers and you right. can't hardly get the front door And if, and if all you've done yeah. is say, if all you've done is practice, you do this, this, and yeah. this, it's you go opposite of the other guy and you do yeah. you do exactly you read off the of play that. just like sports man you read the play right and uh, and you pick the appropriate tool everybody's like oh high ready's better you know high port's better than low ready you know what it's a tactic your tactics there's 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 tons of different ways to do it right tactics will change there's tons of them out there you maintain your principles you know right. 360 degree security keep your booger hook off the bank switch right. until you're ready to engage you know those are your your principles right keeping that head on a swivel ready is ready yeah ready you know, is ready your tactics will flow right always look for work and just pick the appropriate tool read off your teammate read off your your uh you know the structure that you're in or whether you're in a you know open air uh, assault type situation and then just go to work. That's if what you I see thought a problem, was, identify it and fix it on that, the go. That's why we were at, I think it was a big advantage of us because we never bought into the trying to complicate entries and yeah. trying to do it to where, you know, this is when you're practicing, no, you've got to do this. Yeah. You can't do it that way because that's never going right. to work. But, you know, and, you know, and, and I keep saying the word cliche, but it's kind of what we're, what we're talking about. But you've heard the practice makes perfect. Well, you know my philosophy on that. I call BS on that because perfect practice makes perfect. Because right. if you practice bad techniques, you can get really, really good at bad tactics. If you got, you've seen and, it as a firearms instructor, and if you've got troops, recruits, whatever the case is, and they don't have the fundamentals. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you left ten thousand rounds for them over the weekend. Right. If they shoot ten, if they shoot ten thousand rounds bad, yeah. That's worse than if they didn't shoot all weekend. Yeah. Way worse because oh, yeah. they're creating muscle memory on bad shooting. Creating those training and it, scars. And it is it is it is infinitely harder to turn around a shooter with a lot of time that yeah. thinks they know what they're doing but can't shoot. Yeah. You get somebody new that's willing to listen and, and is not doesn't have 20,000 rounds under them the wrong way, that's the person that's yeah. really hard to help shoot. Oh, yeah. Very hard. Yeah. But you get somebody that is willing and fairly new and, and is will not do things except a proper way, you could teach those people how to shoot a lot faster. Yeah. Well, it's about getting those reps in, too. Right. you got to get your reps in. And uh, and you know my favorite line, hey, that looked good. Let's do it one more time. Right. <laughs> one more God, time. God, there were some times that I was like, <laughs> this win. dude is seriously pissing me off, man. This is... <laughs> I was like, man, this dude doesn't know Rock Hill don't get down like this, man. We like to get our few hours in. We like we got chill time scheduled from like three to four. So, but you know, it's the the when I when I can read students and see that they're getting uncomfortable or or uh, out of their element a little bit, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of thrive off of that, especially in the summer. You know, now I'm all about safety and paying attention to make sure that people. Yeah, it's, it's, there's safe. a difference where somebody's fatigued. It, yeah, but you know, listening to you know people cry, oh, it's hot. Can we get a break? Take our vest off. I'm making a point to leave my vest on all day, and uh, until lunch, and I, I yeah. just throw a new t-shirt on. My vest goes right back on. Right. You know, but I wear my kit like you said earlier. I wear my kit just like everybody else all day long, and uh, it's um, you know because it's part of the training evolution. It's what we're there for. You know, it's like when we're doing protective security. I dress like the students. If I'm doing a SWAT school, right. I dress like the students. Because if I need to demonstrate something, you know, and I'm in a, in a polo shirt, it's hard Hold on, to let me go get, yeah, let me borrow your gun. Effectively. Let me borrow your gun. Right. 
And uh, yeah, oh, you know, man, I, I, I love the training side. I'm passionate about it. Um, by no means am I an expert. I don't ever claim to be an expert. I think we're in life, we're all students. We're just at different levels. Uh, all these skills are perishable just because I got, uh, you know, a bunch of certificates that say I can teach or that I've been right. to these schools. You know, those are perishable skills. And that's why I still go to those schools because I like to stay up on current trends. I like to see different ways to do things. And, and like you said, you know, if you're going to pick something up in a school, it might be what not to do, but you're going to learn something. And the tactics, especially when when you're at that point where you're ready to stop yeah. and then you keep going. Well, the thing about it is in 23 years of SWAT, very few call-outs are just 20 minutes in 70-degree right. weather where the lighting's perfect. Yeah. And you have it sat out there either freezing yep. or hot all day. And then it's when you're at your most vulnerable is when it's time to go. Yeah. And it's knowing how to pack your kit. And it's knowing how to mentor the younger guys on how to pack their kit. If it's freezing, do you have hand warmers in your vest? In the summertime, what power bars are going to fr- be molten right. You know, globs that you're going to have to right. work harder to get your food when you and spend more time focused on that than you are, you know. And if you're and if else. you're in a position where once you're set up, you're in a perimeter yeah. on a on a sniper hide or whatever the yep. case is, somebody can't bring you food. No, you got to roll self-sustaining, and uh, it, uh, you know, that that's. There's a it got I could I could spend all day you know with the travel and talking to a lot of a lot of officers from the different agencies and stuff, you know just some of the stories are amazing that that is what they're not being provided, uh, the training, you know the three things in our profession, you know failure to train, poor supervision and civil rights violations. Right. Those are the three biggest killers, uh, you know for uh, law enforcement right now. Right and as far as lawsuits go and, and people losing their lives. But, you know, this whole, you know, I don't want to get on soapbox, but like the whole defund, you know, police, everybody's screaming, well, police need more training, defund police. How does that work exactly? Right. Yeah. You Cause know, it's not, police shouldn't have weapons of war. Police shouldn't have military style vehicles. Uh, you know, why they, you know, they're, they're tools. That's all they are. But the last six months have almost seen a bigger necessity for them. Well, absolutely. And I, here's, I wrote an article for the, uh, FOP journal, their, uh, their national magazine, um, called, um, uh, modernized, not militarized. And it talked about the, uh, you know, specialized equipment that we use in law enforcement and, and why we need it. it. Talked about the deployment, when to, when to appropriately, and appropriately is the key word there, when to appropriately deploy certain yeah, things. Right. And and you can't lose sight of that because it is things are about optics. You know, it's just like it's something as simple as, as taking everything off your duty belt and putting it on a vest. You're wearing the same stuff, you're just having a different configuration. Well now it looks intimidating. Right. You know. But there's two two questions in that article I asked. And it was one of them was, um, if your loved one is out and, and I can't remember the exact question, so I'm gonna kind of, you know, paraphrase it a little bit here, out in the middle of a parking lot and, and uh and there was a bad guy shooting, would you want law enforcement to have the capabilities and this, the protective equipment to be able to go out there and effect a rescue of your loved one? Well, the answer is going to be yes or Not you everybody. don't like that loved one. Right. And then the, the second side of that coin is if your loved one was the police officer that had to go out and rescue that same person, would you want them to have the protective equipment uh, to right. be able to go out and effectively do their job to where they can save that life and their own. Yes. Yeah. So if you apply things from a common sense standpoint using intellect instead of emotional 
uh, intelligence. Right. Everybody seems to be so focused on you know uh, thinking with their emotions right now, and it's dangerous. You right. know, and you see what's happening where there's a lack of law enforcement on the streets. Uh, you know, it's oh yeah, you see the it, cities it, that that have decided it's, it. It's yeah. absolutely atrocious, and it, it will get it will get worse. And there's no reason for it. It's 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 politics um, at its worst. Uh, you know, there's a lot of division uh, that has been, you know, created by specific groups out there, uh, and and certain politicians. You know, right. and and I'm not going to get on a political soapbox. Um, you know, I've always made it a point. As a, as a, from a young man being in scouting to a uh, police cadet to veteran to law enforcement, as an oath take, I've always made a point to support the President of the United States. Yeah. Who, whoever that is. I'm the exact same way. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I might not agree with him. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to see any president fail, you know, because if, if the President of the United States fails, we as a country potentially the United fail States with, are failing. You know, and, and 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 so we need to get behind them. If you don't like it, get out and run for office. Make a change. You know, right. too many people are crybabying about stuff. You know, all about the whether it's you know these the, pick a group. There's so many of them. I'm not even going to mention them. Um, you know, pick a group and go out. But everybody wants to get up on the stairs somewhere at a podium, crybabying about stuff. Or these athletes going and wearing, you know, names of, of people that have been shot. But do you see them out there cleaning up streets, building houses? You know, that's so... And I know some of them are, not to take yeah, away yeah. from the good ones that are out there doing yeah. it. But, but all these... Do something. You know, take your money and put it where the mouth is. Because uh, they're not getting a good end result to where it's where it's given a positive uh, value to anything out and there. It, and it, you look at one thing that has... You know, when you and I first started, there were there were two things that got got cops fired. Two things: drinking or sex. Got cops fired. Just, the latter was, more so. It, what's that? The latter. Uh, yeah, so. it was it. But you know, then that morphed into social media. Right. You know, guys, for all intents and purposes, were doing all that other stuff right, but social media was biting, 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 biting. Yeah. And and I think that that is not just law enforcement, but like what you just said, it is these blue check people that their entire existence is reaching and getting likes and getting responses. Oh, yeah. And it, and that's why they repeat things that aren't true. Right. They, they talk about things that have no bearing on whether the truth is, is, is there or not. Right. And, you know, and it's like, it's filtered down to everything. And, you know, I, but there's nothing that you and I can do about social media. Right. Except within our, how we look at it, how right. we look at it. And, but, you know, you also, it's, it's, and even back over the years, you've always say, well, it's an election year. And that's always to a degree true. Sure. It's, it's never been to the degree it is now. But, you know, going back to just really the original is, is all of these things are factors that you and I didn't deal with when we started. You know, and one of the things that changed for me is, is like I talked about when we were going to funerals, you're one, two, three, four, five years in, you're going to the funeral of an officer that, he retired 20 years before you even got here. Right. So it was very hard to relate to that. But then over the last couple of years, we've actually lost officers that I worked with. Yeah. You know, and that's when it was like, holy crap. You know, because now I'm seeing myself where they were when I first started. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just like, dang, man. You're just starting to see it differently 
once we're sitting where we are. And yeah. It's just that is, and you're seeing officers go through things that that we used to go through and see people go through, and it's even more magnified now. Right. And you know you don't have, and you also don't have kids that grew up like you and I did, and that's a that's a partial factor yeah. in it. But you know, I, like I said, I, I the the young cops that we're seeing now. To come into this and stay into it voluntarily now, I'm more impressed with them than anybody else yeah. I've ever seen doing yeah. it. I mean, I really am. Yeah. The, you know, the, the one thing that worries me, though, with uh, with the current uh, climate in law enforcement is that, you know, and, and you're kind of seeing it to a degree, is either that they're so hypervigilant when they go out, they're going to overreact and end up getting in trouble right. from that. Uh, or they're going to be just the opposite. They're going to underreact. Yeah, get because hurt they're because they're terrified about, about getting in what, trouble. Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, there's you know they're going after cops for straight up political reasons. Right. Uh, in some cases, not you know, and I, and I don't want to sit here and sound like you know just because you know we're cops, we're going to defend all cops. If you go out, it, it, whether it's me or whether it's you, if we go out and screw up and make a mistake or do something that's that's. Uh, ethically wrong or whatever you know we, we got to be held accountable for it it is what it is but all the way back to my beginning there's only one group of people that want bad cops out more than even society and it's good cops yeah people don't believe how true that is oh, but yeah. they're yeah that, that is where people don't understand the thin blue line doesn't exist right because if somebody is doing something to tarnish what we're doing yeah i want him well, out way what's that it affects all of us. right i want them out way more than anybody else yeah. way more so, and that's the thing that we don't get enough credit for is our own self-policing, so to speak, among yeah. ourselves, you know, and that's the frustrating thing. But I mean, some of that we obviously can't do anything about. It just is what it is. Yeah. But, well, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and, uh, you know, everybody that's still on the job, help them as much as we can give them support right. and, uh, and guidance from our experience and, and, uh, you know, mistakes we've made over the years and. Hopefully they won't, uh, you know, make the same ones and, right. you know, um, and uh, go from there. So, well, man, I definitely appreciate you making the drive up. It's oh, yeah, always man. good seeing yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. And I appreciate you having me on. Now I got to go home and find out why Brooke was so overly excited that Darren drove up, and I'll have to look into that. I know, but I, I don't know. I was just like, she was like, Darren came up? And I was like, well, hold on a second now. Well, you know, hey, but, it's, you I mean, just need to leave that alone. That's not Well, I mean. You know what? I'm at the point now where I probably you know, don't even care. I'm you just know that like, that Marine Corps uh, dress blue uniform is only going to get you so far, but everybody loves a sailor. That's uh, that's absolutely, absolutely not true. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely not true. It is. There are so very few people that love sailors, except yeah, other sailors. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. It that's is. A good point. It is. I. That's why I hated Corey had to leave. Yeah. Because Corey would have provided a really good input. And it's also, uh, I'll yeah, also, but we'd have to get another person in here to translate for Corey. Right. Well, that's North I mean, Carolina. I, that, there's not a, oh, there's not a whiteboard in here either. No, so we wouldn't no. have been able to draw stuff to help him. Yeah, we we would need to get a dry erase board. That would have sucked. So, <laughs> but no, seriously, man, I'm I'm excited to see where yeah. Murr's going. I really am. I've been glad to be part of it since it was. Well, it's, we've been we've been really excited to have you on the team for so many years, and and just your friendship. And I'm excited about your podcast and see where it goes, and uh, uh, look forward to coming on again. Oh yeah, man, definitely, absolutely. So, but thank you all, every, everybody. I appreciate it, and thanks again, Darren. I really appreciate it. Not just on a professional level, but a personal level. 
You've helped a lot of people over the years. Not I just, it, brother. Hopefully, not, I'll have enough juice in me to help a few more. Yeah, and I'm, you know, and it's a lot of the things that we talked about. That old school mentality, that being there for people. There's a lot of people that talk about it, but you have absolutely proven it that you've been there for a lot of people for a lot of years. So, and I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Okay.